0: Acts one. Um, last week, I thought we'd really bit off more than we could chew by preaching on three verses. So this week, we're going to preach on two. Shay even looked up and didn't laugh. Jeez. So um, I need to take notes from Joe about how to get laughs. Um, let's but let's let's back up. And let's read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to have a ton of fun. It'd be great. Theopolis, the first scroll I wrote, concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning right up to the day when he was taken up to heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. After his sufferings, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days speaking to them about the kingdom of God or the kingdom, which is what we preached on last week. Verse 4. While they were eating together, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, This is what you have heard from me. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. For the people of God, from the people of God. Thanks be to God. I, um, I'm two weeks into Acts, and, and there. I mean, I haven't found the rhythm yet. Every, life, right? Life is a work in progress, but I, I have enjoyed uh, the nerdiness of studying again. So, for the last six months, given the start of the development, um, I really kind of cut down on sermon prep time because things just got chaotic. And so I, one of my New Year's resolutions is I was going to dive back in. And so if you go into my office today, um, near my desk, you'll see a stack that's about this tall of Acts resources. And I think there's actually a couple more on the way. <laughs> um, I went through all of them this week. And here's the problem. About six months ago, when I began to speck out our journey through Acts, I just plopped down. We're going to literally preach on verse 4, and, 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 and I wrote down one word, waiting. But as I studied each of those resources this week, out of, gosh, maybe the 20 resources or so, only three of them really had anything to say about this one verse. And, and, and even those three, it was just in passing. So it was as if all of the greatest minds in the church, the only thing they had to say about this one verse, about Jesus telling his people to wait, was It's essentially, this is like a transition verse. that the real meat of chapter 1 happens when you get to the ascension, and and notably then, when the disciples ask, Jesus, is it now time for you to fulfill the kingdom to Israel? And so I I began to doubt myself. I began to rethink, okay, I've got all these resources, and if none of them think that this verse where Jesus says to wait is important, maybe I was wrong. I know it never happens, but maybe this once I was. And so so about Thursday, I began to rethink, well, maybe I should just skip past this sermon on waiting, and maybe I should jump to the sermon about Jesus answering their question, is it now time to restore the kingdom to Israel? That's going to be a fun sermon. It's going to get me in trouble. Maybe it'd be fun to push it up a week. But there's something that feels disingenuous to me about the beginning of this story of the church where Jesus intentionally tells his disciples, you need to Wait. What has been is no more. What is going to be is not yet. And so you need to linger and marinate in the in-between time and wait. And there's something that felt disingenuous by skipping that. And so the commentaries didn't say anything, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, I want to talk about waiting. In many ways, I've been here seven and a half Years as your pastor, I was thinking about that today, and I still remember flying out here in May, the, prior to the September I came for the interview. Uh, I, I I I told, well, did I lie to come out here? I may have lied. I may need to have Bonnie come back and confess. <laughs> Pretty sure the Sunday I came out here to interview to come here, I just told them I was going to visit Kristen. Oh, I'm recording this. I'm going to put it on the live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Five Mile Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> I really did want to see Kristen and interview, be, you know, whatever. Um, but I remember that Sunday, I, I wore an outfit that Sarah and Josh gave me. It was an outfit that we found on the bachelor pad. So I remember I wore boot cut jeans because those used to be a thing. And I w- wore the gray loafer things that I used to wear and a plaid shirt with a skinny tie and a vest that Sarah had bought me. It was total bachelor dress code. It was awesome. I I don't know that I could get away with it now. And I interviewed, and I remember going back and thinking, I think I'm going to come. I'm not sure if it was you or just wanting to be close to Kristen, but I I came. And I've been here for seven and a half years, and I I, I was thinking about that this week, and it just feels like so much of the seven and a half years has been in between time. In many ways, that first six months was in-between time because Jerry said, no, you're not going to start as the pastor. You're going to start as the co-pastor. So in many ways, that first six months was an in-between of, it's not what has been youth ministry, but it's not senior pastor ministry yet. There's an in-between. In many ways, in my own life, you think about uh, the first year was like, okay, pr- we've been together for what, like 17 years. Maybe I should propose. Sarah's getting fed up with this, and she wants to know what's going on. So, okay, if Sarah wants me to propose, I'm going to propose. Um, so, so in many ways, that first... Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm drinking out of the mug. Was, um, but in many ways, that first year was, was in between time. In many like, part of just figuring out what the heck does it mean to be a pastor was in between time. Some of you know, like, I remember that first sermon I preached. I was so excited to preach that first sermon. I thought my illustration was so good. I used a country song. It was great. I remember getting done. I was like, oh, that was okay. I remember the first couple of years trying to, like, it took a while of in-between time of waiting to figure out, oh, I'm, I still need to learn. I'm, my poop does stink. I, gotta, I, gotta yeah. learn. I got to learn. Are you supposed to put that on the podcast? Anyway. I got to learn some things. Um, we've talked a lot about it, but if you're new here, I remember the first couple of years realizing, I'm not sure I believe all the things I used to believe. And so for much of the seven years has been, some people use the terms deconstruction, reconstruction, but, but an in-between time of, it's my, my whole belief system is not what has been. I'm probably not where I'm going to be in five years, and so we're in this, this limbo. You think about having kids. So we went through the process, maybe we should have kids, and then it took us a while to have kids. I wish it had taken longer. <laughs> I miss sleeping. That was in-between time. Think about, think about the miscarriage and the in-between time of the pain and like you're not whole but it's, it's like it's a different kind of loss. than. There's an in-between time there and then you find out you're pregnant again and you think about the in-between time of that of was well, this one going to turn out? I don't even want to say, right? It's an in-between time. And then you give birth after nine months, which is an in between time of itself. And, and, and now you have a kid that doesn't sleep, which, good Lord, that's an in between time. Um, it feels like much of the seven years has been an in between time. But there's this one in between time that's just lingered over the whole thing. I remember my first district assembly, I'm two months into the job. I got bamboozled. For those of you who don't know what district assembly is, once a year we get to go to Olympia and tell our stories. Um, so much fun. says josh if you had been a while after the year after josh if they had Addie, um we we were going around and sharing stories about hey what was the highlight of your last year mind you josh had just had his first child and he said district assembly (laughs) let me tell you that entered josh into an in-between time (laughs) he had to wait for sarah to reconcile what he had just said Uh, yeah um but I remember I got bamboozled at a lunch. Jerry had set me up with, with some of his peeps. And, 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 and they said, hey, your church is ugly. And you have lead paint. So you need to do something about that. And uh, if you don't, you might need to think about selling. Which is an in-between time now. And so in 2013, we started this process that has included many city council meetings. I, I, I went back and looked, but I didn't post because I get in trouble but the different like Facebook posts I had with different people who have been parts of this community and who are no longer parts of this community that I went to city council with and have meetings in Morgan Junction but you think about we started a process in 2013 and, and Sarah get or I mean Sylvia get ready I'm going to tee you up with a softball for a comment so it's coming your way <laughs> I'm expecting a lot but if you think about we started that in 2013 shoot we got paid in September of 2018 and we haven't even started the outside yet and it might happen soon. It might. It really might. Um, it might. Before i I think? I hope so. Good Lord. Um, but you think about the in-between time of a church just trying to create a future for a building that's massive and old and has popcorn ceiling. Who does that, by the way? Oh. So I guess I arrive at this text today, and Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he's saying you need to wait because it's not just okay to rush from resurrection and cross to spirit and pentecost there's some processing that needs to go on if i was a disciple i would say that's stupid listen we've been there for the sermon on the mount we've been there for all the stuff we've been there for all the healings i mean think about don't you think some of the disciples had anxiety some of them had to have anxiety right who here has anxiety like me, okay? Can you imagine some of the Jesus-inducing anxiety they must have felt? Like, when Jesus is getting in confrontation, how many of you get anxiety when it, the moments are getting tense? Okay, how, can you imagine some of the anxiety that some of his disciples must have gotten when Jesus is getting in fights with the religious leaders and the political leaders? So yesterday, I went to Shea and Jay's basketball games, and so we're, we're sitting there, I have Tanner with me, he's playing cars, and, and it's now during Shay's game, and, and, and I'll be careful because we're recording this, I can edit it out, Shay, if you need me to, um, but we're, Laura and I, having conversation about our thoughts about how the team is being managed. By the way, Shay is a boss. I, I can't guarantee you their team will win if you go watch her play, but you should go watch her play, she kills it. And so if you want to go watch a game, I love to go watch. At least go watch a game together. Like, and the other thing I would say about that has nothing to do with the sermon is um, supposedly Dominic works at Seattle Lutheran, but I've never seen him. So uh, anyway, um, okay, so we're at the game. We're watching the game. They're struggling. Shay's not struggling, but the rest of them are struggling. And it's the second quarter, and they are looking gassed. No offense, Shay. And so Laura and I are, we beginning to talk about maybe some of the ways in which coaching could be enhanced. I think you're gonna need to edit. Totally, I can edit it up. I'm good at editing now. And at one point, the assistant coach's wife comes and sits right next to us. And Laura looks at me, she's like, no more. Which I'm like, okay, so I'm going to start hanging out with Tanner and watch the game not 30 seconds later, Laura's like, so I think they need to do more conditioning to the coach's wife. I think this is the problem. And I think this is the problem. And let me just tell you, as somebody who does not handle critique well after church, I am listening to the coach's wife's response. And I was like, good Lord, so I start to scoot back and like, hey Tanner, what car is that? Because I cannot pay attention to what's going on. Oh my gosh, can I move down to the other team side? Sorry, Shay. Oh. No, I don't. Um, I don't. But so it was awkward. Anyway, it was awkward. Anyway, can you imagine some of what the disciples felt about how awkward it must have been when... You don't want to know. The score was Shay's amazing score. I can only imagine... If I'm a disciple, and I have to put up with leaving my family, and I've had to put up with... With the anxiety inducing things this Christ has done. And, and when you get past the resurrection, I'm like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait, Jesus. The development's taken six years. Let's go. I don't want to wait, Jesus. We need to giddy up. What's your plan? And I would be a hot mess when the plan is wait. This week I needed to get out of the house. So I got the boys, and we went and got... I couldn't get an oat milk latte because I just couldn't. So I got an Italiano because that sounded cool. And we were going to drive around and listen to an audible book because Tanner and Parker. <laughs> and I looked at my gas like, oh, shoot, I need gas. So I go to the gas, the Safeway Up by Admiral, and I pull in and I look, oh, my gosh that wait's going to be like a minute and 37 seconds so what did i do i drove off 12 minutes down the road to the next gas station that i didn't have to wait for 12 minutes later we're, we're not we're not good at waiting in our society are we we are not a good waiting society when we can order something and expect that it will arrive on our doorstep 24 hours later i found out this week we ran out of kombucha i was like Oh, I can order kombucha, and it'll be, in my, it'll be on my doorstep two hours later. Mind you, I finally didn't do it because I realized I had two grocery stores five minutes away on each side, and I thought, that's probably ridiculous. But we are not a society that waits. We're not a society that waits. How, how long does it take from a time you post on Facebook or social media, Instagram, to, for you to check? Has anybody liked it yet? So we don't like it when Jesus shows up and He says, hey, 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 here's the plan. Yeah, 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 you've been waiting six years for development? We're going to wait. Hey, Peter, Peter, Peter. No blogging yet, no podcast, we're going to (laughs) wait. But there seems to be something that's deeply spiritual about recognizing that it is unhealthy is unhealthy to simply move from what has been to what will be without processing the in-between times. The in-between times for churches, the in-between times for individuals, the in-between times for marriages, the in-between times when you lose a job, the in-between times when a divorce happens, the in-between times when sobriety is lapsed, the in-between times when the economy fails the in-between times when, when life throws you a curveball, and our, our society's operating um, posture is, "We'll just go, 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 be busy, make your future, you got it. And, and Jesus wants to say, no, 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 stop and wait. So maybe the question this morning is, what in this season of life for you do you need to slow down enough so you can simply wait in? and maybe just maybe for a church that is doing some cool things, the question is, so where are we in the waiting season? Is this a time, and this is on a question, I don't have the answer. Uh, it's, that's why I'm kind of glad that we do things communally. Is this a time where we keep waiting? Or is this a time where the Spirit is breathing and we need to now leave the upper room because tongues of fire are moving us into something new? I, and I just don't, I don't know. Or is it some in-between time of both? Is there some ways in which now we need to now move, but there's also some... Does this make sense to you? Does your life resonate with this? What is the season for you? What is the season for church? Let me just give a couple quick observations, and then I'll wind it down. And I don't know whether you like the way I wound it down last week, but I found it really liberating to like have a plan of how to wind it down and like a two-minute window to do so. I thought that was really helpful, so we're going to try it again. Um, a couple observations. I think coffee tastes better in this mug. I don't yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <like> out. <laughs> Waiting is so much more than bypassing time. I have started to get the itch again for Tahoe. But I'm not going to get to go to Tahoe. If I'm going to get to go to Tahoe this year, it's not going to be until July or August. So, so the only thing I can do right now is wait for time to bypass. That is not the waiting Jesus invites us to. The waiting Jesus invites us into is an intentional posture that becomes fully present to a season that is wildly uncomfortable and says, what is it that the divine has for me and for us in this season that I need to be present to. Is that, you catch that? So the season we may be in is a season not simply that we need to wait till June of 2020 or August of 2023 or whatever. It's not simply a bypassing of time till we're done with a development or we're done with the next thing or we actually have a coffee shop. The waiting is an intentional Putting of ourselves present to the thing the divine wants to do. So so the question is, what does it mean for you to be present in the waiting that you need to do or we need to do? Second thing I think, um, waiting ought to be intentionally focused with pockets of community that help us in our waiting. You think about the waiting the disciples are doing. It's done in community. In fact, it's done around a table with meals. So so for you as an individual or for us as a church, in seasons of waiting, be it whether we're about to get out of one or we're going to continue in one for a while or some quasi both, I want to challenge you to find pockets of community that allow you to enter into the season of waiting in ways that you're not alone. And in ways that allow for accountability so that you have people that say, hey, let's grab a coffee, let's grab a meal. How's it going? That's why I really appreciate the last three, is it three or four months of our board? Because it finally feels like there's some collaborative accountability that is moving the whole thing forward. And so to everyone on the board, thank you. And I'm excited we have our next meeting, last meeting of the year, and then we'll be voting in February for the next year. But, but, But don't wait alone. Three, this is where I got lost at Mark's church. I get lost again. In your waiting, (laughs) people like Sarah and I are going to hate this point. In your waiting, embrace the unknown and the uncontrollable. Just recognize there are little terrors that you're not in control of. (laughs) And so the season you're now about to be into, (laughs) Who let Andy be in charge of the nursery? (laughs) Um, The season you're about to be into, there's no A, B, C, or D, and once you get there, you're done. Seasons of waiting? The disciples had no idea when Pentecost was coming. So lean into the unknown, and, and in a world that likes to do this, we like to cling, because we know when we cling, we're in control. In a season like this, I would invite you to do this. I think my last point in your waiting, and then Shay, get ready for the the winding down, the music, and and, and the music, you're going to have to kind of mess with the the level, but in your waiting, one of the things, one of the things I've come alive to everything we do is is habiting, everything you do in life habits you to a certain way of being, to a certain way of thinking, to a certain practice, so in seasons of waiting, um, it's important that we don't, exchange waiting for doing nothing because doing nothing can habit us to be a people that do nothing. But it's important to be reminded that the call of the Jesus followers to be active in mission, to be active in the thing we talked about last week, the kingdom of God, which is active. It's healthy, it's balanced, but it's active. And so it's important that we remind ourselves that in seasons of waiting, it is okay to take the gas, take the foot off the gas pedal but there will be seasons where we need to put it back on. Does that make sense? So let's wind this puppy down. How do we process our season of waiting? How long do we wait and when will it end? I know I'm the pastor, but I have no idea. I don't know when the building is going to be done, Sylvia. And here, more than that, I don't know how far the money's going to go. I am really hopeful that when all is said and done, the heating will be done, the electrical upgraded, the parsonage transformed, the plumbing. The plumbing. It'll work. The third floor will have a studio that is an incredible asset for a church of our side, and that the outside will look recited. But my guess is that there will be things that we don't get done. There will be things we wanted to do. But at some level, part of me wants to say that that is not the point of this season of waiting for us. It's definitely a peace. But maybe this season of waiting is about more than a building. Maybe it's about the formation of individuals and communities, in particular our community. A people who are called to a Jesus community. Maybe like the first disciples in the first chapters of Acts, over these years, we've needed to hear the words wait because there were some things we needed to learn. Some formation, formation that needed to happen. Some growing up we needed to do. Some throwing off of some things, some habits. By the way, in this season of waiting, let's stop and think about the names that weren't here seven years ago. And I'm just saying, I w- I'm, I'm not going to get everyone, so forgive me. But think about some of these names. Clara. Mila, Leah, Addie, Charlie, Tanner, Parker, Martha, Marilyn, Grant, Rick, Kayla, Sarah Emerson, Laura, Jay, Shay, Susan, Mark, Sean, Rico, Zion, Lily, Ariana, Peyton, Kylie, just to name a few. We might even think of some of the names we've lost, Ralph, Lois, Carl, Johnny, Greg, Alan, Dale. the seven years. What's that? Dale, Dale. Artie, Eleonora, all Alan. Maybe the question now, the seven years of waiting has been deeply formational. And maybe the question now is what is God breathing in us in this season? Is this a time to continue to wait? If it is, let's lean into that. Or is it a time to watch the new thing? You know, the kind of thing that moves a bunch of Jesus followers who have spent a season of waiting out of an upper room and into the streets and ultimately the whole world. Waiting. What a frustratingly beautiful gift. Maybe we wait for as long as waiting is called for. But may we also, with great intention and with dynamic and quirky community, be in tune for when the Spirit moves and what is next And what comes next bursting through the doors in one of those tongues of fire moments. So friends, may this be us. Amen.